Well, good morning, everyone. I invite you to open your Bible today and follow along in your copy of God's Word as we're in the book of Genesis uh, together today. And I hope that you're still engaged in reading your, uh, through the Scripture and the reading plan as we're reading through God's Word together. And we're in the Old Testament and in the book of Genesis. It is a rich book. It's one of my favorite books in all of the Bible. And so I invite you to look with me to the book of Genesis, and we are in chapter number 48 this morning. And so um, we're looking at a story that picks up with the very end of Jacob's life. He is now in Egypt with his sons. They've been provided for by Joseph's being in Egypt, and now the whole tribe finds themselves, along with all of his sons and their families, over 75 uh, that are a part of uh, the, uh, in Egypt, and that will become a multitude of people there as they live in Egypt for 400 years. It's toward the end of Israel's Jacob's life, and it's a time of blessing, that that blessing he's going to give to Joseph and his sons and to all of his children. And so if you find with me the 48th chapter beginning with verse number 8 this morning. Now, understand just a little bit of background before we read the text. It is, he is of old age now, Jacob is. The word has come to Joseph, your father is very weak. And so he brings his two sons. Now, Joseph has two sons that were born in Egypt before Israel arrives there, before Jacob comes. And that those two sons, the oldest is Manasseh, He's the firstborn, and the second is Ephraim. The word Massa, Manasseh means, it means uh, to make forgetful. And the idea of his name was, God has made me forget all of my hardship and toil and trouble by giving me this great son. And then his second son is born, and he names him Ephraim, which means fruitfulness. And so the idea in the name is God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And so God has blessed him wonderfully with these two, these two sons. And he wants their, the father, his father, Joseph's father, to give them a blessing. And so whenever he approaches his father, his father Jacob begins to recount with them uh, how God had appeared to him and how God had blessed him near Bethel and, and, and the place called Luz and that he renamed Bethel and how God had given them a great promise. In chapter 48, verse 4, it says, I'll make you fruitful and numerous and I will make many nations come from you and I will give you this land as a permanent possession for your future descendants. And your two sons born to you in the land before I came to you in Egypt are now mine. Ephraim and Manasseh belong to me, just as Reuben and Simeon. He means, he said, Joseph, your two sons will have a full share as my adopted sons. Wow. And then he says, the children born to you after them will be yours and recorded under the names of their brothers with regard to their inheritance. He says, I'm going to bless your family richly. Hmm. So now in chapter 48, beginning with verse number eight, this is our text for today. 
When Israel saw Joseph's sons, he said, Who are these? And Joseph said to his father, They are my sons God has given me. So Israel said, Bring them to me, and I will bless them. Now his eyesight was poor because he was of old age. He could hardly see. So Joseph brought them to him, and he kissed and embraced them. Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face again, but now God has even let me see your offspring. When Joseph took them from his father's knees and bowed with his face to the ground, and Joseph took them both with his right hand, Ephraim, toward Israel's left, and with his left hand, Manasseh, toward Israel's right, and he brought them to Israel. But Israel stretched out his right hand and put it on the head of Ephraim, the younger. And crossing his hands, he put his left hand on Manasseh's head, although Manasseh was the firstborn. And then he blessed Joseph, and he said, The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who's been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all harm, may he bless these boys. And may they be called by my name and the names of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac. And may they grow to be numerous within the land. When Joseph saw that his father had placed his right hand on Ephraim's head, he thought it was a mistake. He took his father's hand to move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh. Joseph said to his father, not that way, my father. This one's the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused, and he said, I know, my son, I know. He too will be a tribe, and he too will be great. Nevertheless, his younger brother will be greater than he, and his offspring will be a more populous nation. So he blessed them that day, putting Ephraim before Manasseh, when he said, the nation Israel will invoke blessings by you, saying, May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. Amen. Well, in this great story, we see, he says, he's a recounting uh, the great blessings that God has given to him, to Jacob, and how he had blessed him incredibly. And how God had given him a blessing. And now he's affirming and giving a blessing to Joseph's sons. And he says, I want to bless Ephraim and Manasseh. Now the birth order ought to be Manasseh and Ephraim. But he says, I want to bless them. And I'll make them like full sons. And he says, bring them to me. And so when he brings them to him, notice what he does. He calls them by name. He kisses them. He embraced them. He speaks word of affirmation to them. He lays his hands on them. Now, when Joseph presents them, he brings Manasseh, the, uh, the oldest one, on his left hand, and Ephraim, the younger, on his right hand. And he brings them to his father, and the father is seated before them. And the father then can put his right hand of blessing on the oldest and his left hand on the youngest. But instead, he switches his hands like this, and he gives a blessing. And by so doing, 
He puts the younger ahead of the older one. Now, both of them are richly blessed with a great blessing. But what he was saying is, I know that God's plan is above our plans. And he's the one that directs us in this matter. But he blesses both of these men. What is a blessing? I want us to think about it. The Old Testament days, a blessing was very important. And a blessing this morning, I, w- I want to take some time to talk about God's blessing, about what is a blessing, how do we give a blessing, how do we receive a blessing, and what is the power and the meaning of blessing, and what do I do if I feel like I haven't received a blessing, and how can I give and experience that blessing and give that blessing to others. In the Old Testament, a blessing was an affirming word. It was a blessing bestowed on a son or a daughter by a parent or a community. And it was symbolizing the blessing of God. It was the value of God. It was honor and worth with a promise and a future. It was the visualization of a blessed future. And it was a communication of value in the giving of a blessing. It, has, it involves some elements. First of all, meaningful touch, the embrace, the kiss that is found in the giving of a blessing. Secondly, there is the spoken message, the word of affirmation. And when there's silence, it breeds confusion. But but it's the blessing out loud, saying it in the presence of that person and others. A word, the spoken word, God's spoken word is powerful. And our spoken words are powerful. And so we need to use our words to give a blessing. Thirdly, it's attaching value. It's adding value in the blessing. You're, 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 it, it means I, will, I am blessing you and you will make a difference in this world. You are viable in this world. It's a picture of a future. It's a blessing of a future that is bestowed on the sons. In Jewish culture, the giving of blessing is still an important part of Jewish culture, and it ought to be in all of us as Christians as well. I heard the story about a mother, young Jewish mother, who had twin infant children, and she was pushing them in a double stroller, and she encountered one of her friends on the street, Sarah, and Sarah said to her, said, what are these beautiful children? What are their names? And she looks at them, and she says, well, this is Benny, the doctor. And this is Reuben the lawyer. Well, they're just little babies. But what she's saying is, I see a future for these boys. What about the future? In the movie, one of uh, just a, a beautiful movie is is the movie The Help. Have you seen it? And in in that movie, uh, by the book by Catherine uh, Stockett, she has a nanny. And in a beautiful, powerful scene, the nanny is holding on her lap a little white girl, and she's teaching her these words, giving her blessing 
that her mother's not capable to give. You are kind. You are smart. You are important. The giving of a blessing. In that same movie, there's this line, every morning until you're dead in the ground, you're going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to ask, am I going to believe what them fools say about me? Guys, I'm getting some feedback here. Uh, uh, if we could adjust the, that for a moment. Are, am, I going to, am I going to believe what the fools say about me today? Meaning, what is it that I'm really going to believe? This is part of, these are some of the components of a blessing. Now, let's look at some of the Bible and how there are blessings, examples of blessings given in the Bible briefly. Number one, it begins in Adam because Adam received a blessing from God in Genesis and Eve, Genesis chapter 1, verse number 27. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule. I want you to rule over this fish of the sea. I have given everything for you. It is for your good. In Genesis chapter 5, he created them, male and female, and he blessed them. And he called their name humankind. Both the man and the woman made in the image of God, blessed by the very words of God. Noah receives a blessing in Genesis chapter 9. Notice with me in your copy of God's Word. We won't read the full text, but in Genesis chapter number 9. It says, God, in chapter 9, 9, verse 1, God blessed Noah and his sons, and he said, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Notice, he says, I'm establishing a covenant with you. In verse number 9, he says, Understand, I'm establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you. In Genesis 9, verse number 11, I establish my covenant with you that never again will every creature be wiped out by floodwaters. There will never again be a flood to destroy the earth. And this will be a sign of the covenant I'm making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all future generations. Notice the blessing, notice the promise that is given. The same similar blessings are given in Genesis chapter number 12 to Abraham. Notice after the death of Abram's father, it says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your land, your relatives, and your father's house. In chapter 12, verse 1, to the land I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt, and all the peoples in the earth will be blessed through you. What a blessing to Abraham, a promise given by Almighty God. Similarly, he gives a promise again and reiterates it again and again, not just one time, but multiple times to Abraham. He says in chapter 13, look to the north, the south, the east, and the west, for I will give you and your offspring this land. All that you see, I will give to you. 
God gives the blessing again through another. The king of Salem gives a blessing to Abraham after the destruction of Lot's enemies. In chapter number 17, when Abram is 99 years old, God blesses him and he changes his name from Abram to Abraham. He says, your name Abram will be changed to Abraham, meaning a father of a multitude. And I am going to bless you incredibly. And I am going to give you a son and all the world will be blessed through him. He says, verse 6, chapter 17, verse 6, I will make you extremely fruitful and make nations and kings come from you. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and your future offspring throughout their generations. It's a permanent covenant to be your God and the God of your offspring after you. He blesses him. He, he, he establishes a covenant with him. He not only blesses Abraham, he blesses Sarah. And he says in chapter 17, verse number 15, Listen to the blessing that he gives to Sarah. He says, God says, as for your wife, Sarai, do not call her Sarai, for Sarah will be her name. And I will bless her indeed, and I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she will produce nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. She will not be called a barren woman, but she will be called a blessed woman. And she will be a princess. And from her will go kings and kingdoms. Amazing. And then Isaac's blessings. Isaac is, receives a blessing as well. He's a promised son of Abraham and, to, and Sarah. And after Abraham's death, in chapter number 25, in verse number 11, chapter 25, verse 11, and after Abraham's death, God blessed his son Isaac, who lived near Beer Leharoy. He blesses him. And he, 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 he establishes a blessing with him. In chapter 26, in verse number 2, the Lord appeared to him. And he says, don't go to Egypt. Live in the land that I tell you about. He says, stay in this land and I will be with you and bless you. I will give you all the lands to you and your offspring, and I will confirm the oath that I swore to your father, Abraham. And I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and give your offspring all of the lands and all of the nations of the earth will be blessed by your offspring. God blesses. God blesses. Abraham is blessed. Abraham blesses his son Isaac. Isaac gives a blessing to his son Jacob. And even though Jacob by hook and crook seems to steal and connive his way into receiving a blessing, God's blessing is realized in his life. And that's what Jacob is saying. He said in his old age before his death, before Joseph and his sons, he says, listen, even though by hook and crook I stole, a, seemingly stole a blessing from my father, God met me at Luz and he reconfirmed his blessing on me and his promise to me. Amen. There's not, not, not a stolen blessing, but a real blessing in his life. So today that brings me to this part of this message that I want to be very practical 
about how to give a blessing. Number one, I think when we think about blessings and how to give a blessing and looking at the biblical idea of blessing, first of all, one of the ways that you give a blessing and the most powerful and important way that you give a blessing is by your words. Words are unbelievably powerful. Your words are powerful. And with those words, we can bless or with those words, we can curse. With those words, we can build someone up or with those words, you can tear somebody down. With words, you can encourage. With words, you can discourage. With words, you can build up faith or with words, you can monger fear. With words, you can help bring peace and calmness or with words, you can stir up anxiety. And so we use our words to be a blessing and not a curse. Well, there's the old saying, sticks and stones, you know it, don't you? Sticks and stones may break my what, but words can. Do you all believe that? It's a lie. And it's not true. Some time ago, I was at a gas station filling up my car. And there was a woman walked out with her little boy. And she was putting him in the back of the car, in the car seat. And she was trying to manage some drinks that were in her hand. And she was filling the car with gas. And the little boy spilt the drink all over himself and all over everywhere. And she just went off on him. She slapped him with her hands in his face. She carried on. She says, you're so stupid. You're such a dummy. I'll tell you why. You're just, you're just a mess up. You're just like your dad. You're worthless. You can't do anything right, can you? Slammed the car door. Got in the car and drove off. It's all I could do not to say something. And then at some time, I'm sure she'll settle down and forget it. And she might even come back and apologize. But nothing will take away the words that she said. Don't ever say to your children, you're a fool. You're a mess up. You're an idiot. You're stupid. You'll never amount to anything. I don't care how they've disappointed you. Your words hurt. Build up. Don't destroy. Amen? Secondly, tell your children with your words. Tell them what they mean to you. Tell your children how you pray for them. Tell your children about how you see God working in them. Recount the story of the day that they were born. Recount the story about when you heard that they were coming into your life. Recount the story about the name that you gave them when they were born. Tell them, talk to them, engage them. Give them a name and tell them why you gave them that name. Visualize with them what, how God has blessed your life and the blessing that lays before them. 
Secondly, we give a blessing by our countenance. By your countenance. When your children come into your presence, what does your countenance say about them and to them? How does your face light up? Or do you ignore them? Folks, put down the stupid phone, put it away. And when your children walk in, see them. Let them see your face. And let them see. You know what? I, I love my kids. And sometimes I'm a failure at this. But when my grandchildren walk into my house or my children or even my sons-in-law, I'm glad to see them. And I want my face to say, I love you and I'm glad to see you. Amen? Let that be a blessing on your face. We give a blessing by your time. Spend time with your children. Get to know your children. Get to know your grandchildren. Listen to them. Play with them. Read with them. Tell stories with them. Take them fishing. Color a book. Cook a meal. Do a craft. Have fun with them. Get to know them, spend time with them, and bless them. Weave in the conversation of your life the blessing of God. By your touch, we give a blessing by our touch. Hug them, kiss them, hold them. Let, don't let the only time you ever touch your child is when you discipline them but lovingly affirm with them in physical touch. Read to them. Read stories. Read Bible stories. Read good books. Tell stories with your children. Model. Model the blessing with your children. Model your faith in the Lord. Let it be vibrant and real in your life. Don't model a bunch of drama. Don't model anger and fear and anxiety and negativity, but model a deep-seated trust in God. And model, we prayed about this today in, in worship, model forgiveness with your children. Don't you love the story of the prodigal son and the, and the father that loved him? And when the, when the son comes back and the father's waiting and longing for his son's return, when he sees his son from a distance, how does the father, what does he, how does he respond? He runs to him, doesn't he? Throws his arms around his neck, welcomes him home. But instead, he doesn't do this. So what do you got to say for yourself? And demanding, demanding that they bow to you somehow, appease you somehow. Give a blessing. Let grace be a part. Let grace be the foundation of your life and your relationship. And tell your stories. 
We bless by telling our stories. Rehearse and tell the stories of how God saved you. I, I love, I still love talking to my dad and my mom. I'm so grateful to still have them in my life. I love to go visit with them and, and we'll, we'll rehearse stories and tell stories and remember stories together and laugh about stories and things that happened. And I'll say, Dad, tell me about when, tell me about the first time you saw Mom. Tell me about the first time you went on a date with Mom. And then Dad, gets, his eyes light up and he tells me the story. And they go on and tell the story and Mom giggles and laughs and they tell the story. Tell me the story, Dad, about when you were saved again. Tell me how that happened. And he retells the story of how he came to know Christ as his Savior and where he was baptized. I need to know that story so I can tell that story to my children. And I need for my children to hear his story. And my children need to hear my story. And my kids love it. They love it when I talk, they, they, when I talk about the first date I ever took Christy on and how I met her and when we got married. They like to hear all that stuff. Tell any stories. The stories about when they were born and what it was like and the name that we gave them and why we gave them that name. And we tell the story. And when in the story comes the blessing, how God answered our prayers and how we felt when we saw you and how we so prayed for you and what we believe about you. Tell your story. We give a blessing by praising God with our children. Praise the Lord with your family. Sing to the Lord in your family. Singing and worship is a part of our, it's part of our life. Worship together. Let them see you lavishing your love on Christ. Sing with your children. Sing in the car. Sing at church. Psalm 34.3 says, Proclaim the Lord's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name together. Amen. But we also give a blessing by correcting. If you love them, then you'll bless them when you correct them. When you set boundaries with them. When you correct errors. When you deal with rebellion. When you lovingly correct, you're loving your family and you're blessing them. You bless them with your identity. Live your faith. You talk about this is who I am. This is who we are. This is what we believe. This is how we live. These are our values. Your words, your worship, your work, your values, they should be in alignment and you're giving a blessing. Don't live a fake life. Don't live one life at home and then another life at church. Let it be together in alignment. Don't let your religion, your faith be divorced from the way you live. Amen. Amen. The last part of the message is this. Is there a blessing for me? Bless me too, my father. That was the cry of Esau. And I think it's the haunting plea 
in our world today. I mean, what do I do when I've not received a blessing or it's seemingly my blessing was giving, given to another? What about a parent who's never blessed me? And how do I live in my life? And how do I give a blessing when I feel like I never received a blessing? This is the problem. A whole generation feel that they were never blessed. In this easy divorce culture, in this destruction of the family, there are whole generations growing up where there's emptiness, where there's a feeling of something is missing, a longing, longing to hear affirmation and blessing. And in its absence, there's anger and discouragement and resentment and a striving and a competing and I can't bless because I'm all the time competing with everybody because I'm trying to find my place of value in this life. And you're coddling hurts or trying not to get hurt and insulating ourselves. And we live in a world of anger and hurt. Many years ago, we were having a revival emphasis at our church, an evangelistic, evangelistic revival emphasis. And we brought in a man to help lead in those services. And he was a, a well-known speaker that spoke on high school campuses across the country. And by God's grace, we called some high schools. And I'll never forget this day. And Collinsville High School said, yes, we'll do a, an assembly and let him come and speak at our school. And we went to Collinsville High School gymnasium, and it was filled with all the students of the high school. And he had an hour to speak. And he held the whole, all of the staff, teenagers, all of us in rapt attention. He did all kinds of games and activities with the kids in, in that assembly and spoke to them about his life. And he grew up in a hard-knocked life without much blessing. And I remember in the middle of that conversation with those students, he said, would you be just honest with me enough? How many of you in this room have lived in a house where there's been a divorce or an absent mom or dad? Would you please stand? And they stood. And then he said, how many of you are here today and you have no relationship with your father at all? And you wouldn't believe the number of kids that stood. How many of you have no relationship with a mother? And a fewer number stood, but still a significant number stood. And you could hear a pin drop. And he said, how many of you here don't have any relationship at all with a mom or a dad? And a few stood. And he said, I'd love to tell you how that you can have a relationship with a God that can meet the deepest need of your life. Wow. God can break in and God can break the chains when we feel like there's not been a blessing given in my life. Amen. 
And in the next couple few minutes, I want you to listen closely to me. You are not a mess up. You are not a throwaway. You are loved by God. Understand this blessing today. Write it down. Number one, God loves you with an everlasting love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. Number two, Jesus Christ, God's only son, took upon flesh and dwelt among us. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. Glory is the only begotten of the Father. And Christ lived a perfect life, but he died for your sins and mine. And this is how much God loves you. God demonstrated, Romans 5, 8. God demonstrated his own love for us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I want you to know how much God loves you. God, the Prince of Heaven, died so that God might bless you and say, you are mine. Number three, Christ has forgiven you of all of your sin. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all of our sin. There is therefore now, now, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The words of curse are broken. And the Father says, you're blessed by me. Woo, hallelujah. Number four, God has blessed you. In the book of Ephesians, chapter number one, if this, if this doesn't turn your motor over, you got a problem. Ephesians chapter one, verse number three. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed, say it with me, us. With every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. Verse 4. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of his glorious grace that he lavished on us in the beloved one. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Woo! Listen to what he says. He's blessed us. He's chosen us. He predestined us. He adopted us as his children. He's lavished his grace on us, and he's redeemed us, bought us back to be his own children. That is awesome. That blessing is from God to you in Christ. Well, if you're still having a hard time believing it, look with me to Galatians chapter number 3, verse 7. Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 7. Now the scripture saw, uh, verse number, yeah, Galatians 3, 7. You know then that those who have faith, these are Abraham's sons. Now the scripture saw in advance that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and proclaim the gospel ahead of time to Abraham saying, all the nations will be blessed through you. Consequently, those who have faith 
are blessed with Abraham who had faith. Did you know the blessing of Abraham is on you when you give your life to Christ? Whoo! Chapter 3, verse number 14. The purpose was the blessing of Abraham would come to the Gentiles by Christ Jesus so that we would receive the promised spirit through faith. Amen. Galatians chapter 4. Actually, the end of chapter 3, verse 29, and chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, if you belong to Christ, your Abraham's seed heirs according to the promise. Chapter 4, verse 1. Now I say, as long as an heir is a child, he differs in no way from a slave, though he's the owner of everything. Instead, he's under guardians and trustees until the time set by the Father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were in slavery on the elements of the world. But when the time to came to completion, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. Why? To redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you're sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Daddy, Father! Woo! You're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then God made you an heir. Hallelujah. Listen, the blessing of God is upon your life when you're in Christ Jesus. Amen? So we are free to give blessings since we have been blessed. Amen? My daddy never blessed me. I get it. It hurts. But Christ came to break the chain. And you're not in bondage to that anymore. Amen. You are blessed by God yes, through Jesus Christ. First John chapter 3. Today's truth. I want us to meditate on it as we finish this message. Chapter 3 verse number 1. Let's look at it together. See what great love the Father has given us that we should be called what? And we what? The reason the world does not know us is it didn't know Him. I know, look next verse. Dear friends, we are God's children when? Say it with me. Now. And what we will be has not yet been revealed. Aren't you glad God's not done with you yet? Amen. Tell your neighbor, he is not done with you yet. Now look at this. We know for certain when he appears, we will be what? Like him. Because we will what? As he is. Next verse. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself as he is pure. My friends, let's walk and live in the blessing, not under the curse. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. It's powerful. It's true. It's encouraging. It's revealing. Father, have your way. 
in our hearts and lives. If there's somebody here that doesn't know Christ as Savior, I pray that today they might turn from their sin and they might trust in Jesus Christ and the chains might be broken and they might experience and know the blessing of God in their life. In Jesus' name, amen.